Are you interested in cracking the customer code? You've got customers, and we will help you work with them to deliver a great experience to grow your business. I'm Jeannie Walters. And I'm Adam Taport. Join us as we learn from those business leaders who get it. And a few who don't. And together, we'll crack the customer code. And welcome to episode 21 of Crack the Customer Code. Today, we're talking about how PR and marketing set up the customer experience. And Shonali Burt, PR maven extraordinaire, will be joining us to bring the PR practitioner's view of the intersection between PR and customer experience. And we've got a customer hero story about the walking dead to share. I cannot. I am a huge fan. I cannot wait. (laughs) And Adam, you've got some exciting things coming up. We are getting close to the launch of my book. It is coming on April 28th. So let me tell you a little bit about it. It's called Be Your Customer's Hero, Real World Tips and Techniques for the Service Frontlines. Book is a one-stop training guide for anyone who works with customers. Be Your Customer's Hero covers customer service from beginning to end. And you're going to learn some of my favorite tips and tricks for winning the mental game of service, for communicating in ways that set you up for success, and of course, for working with difficult customers. So to learn more and to pre-order your copy, go to BeYourCustomersHero.com. That is BeYourCustomersHero.com. Well, congratulations, buddy. That's good news. I appreciate it. And somebody I know, I'm not going to say who, is on the back cover. (laughs) Hmm. I heard she's very smart. She is a genius. (laughs) Well, cool. I I can't wait to actually get that copy in my hands. So congratulations again. Very exciting. And if you're trying to reach business leaders or CX professionals, sponsoring our podcast is a great way to do so. Go to crackthecustomercode.com slash sponsor for full details. So Adam, you know, one subject that isn't discussed often is how public relations and marketing can affect the customer experience. And if you think about it, whatever messaging a PR department or firm creates around a brand or product or service creates expectations, right? Absolutely. And that's one of the really things I think that gets dropped with a lot of professionals in PR. And I'm happy we're going to be talking to Shanali in a little bit is how much that messaging, you know, trying to reach somebody creates an expectation. So even if you get them in, if you pull them into the uh, mousetrap, <laughs> as we <laughs> talked about in a previous episode, right? What kind of experience do they have? And you think about something like a movie like Die Hard, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Which everybody knows Die Hard is a great action film, but you know, Yippee what if Kaye. they, <laughs> oh yeah, well you say that, I'm not going to say the rest of that. Sentence. Right. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So if you had taken that, the, PR people, the publicity we'll talk about here, and they had gone, oh, well, let's make it about the love story between the wife and John <laughs> McClane, right? And that the, all the all the publicity and everything had made it this touching love story. Mm-hmm. You would have been disappointed when you went because that was extremely tangential to the actual product you received, right? Right, right. And, you know, that can go both ways because a couple of years ago, there was a viral sensation called Snakes on a Plane. Remember that one with Samuel yep. L. Jackson? <laughs> And there was so much word of mouth and so much PR around that movie that everybody expected it to be this huge hit, but then the movie wasn't very good. And so they had a huge opening weekend and then it died really quickly and it did not do well at all. And I think part of that was the backlash of there was so much talk about it. And then once people got there, they were like, oh, this is just a movie about snakes on a plane. <laughs> That's all it really is. <laughs> well, right. I mean, the title was honest, but the, uh, the publicity might have oversold it a mm-hmm. bit or it just didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny you bring this up because just recently I was contacted 
by a retail brand, and they have just a handful of stores across the United States. And I was actually contacted by their marketing agency because the marketing guys realized that no matter how much great work they did around marketing, if the customer experience didn't live up to it, they they couldn't fix the problem. And so they actually called me in because they wanted me to talk to the executive team about, you know what, this is not a marketing problem. This is a customer experience issue and we have to fix it. And I thought it was, that's the first time I've ever been, been contacted by an agency who really realized what was going on instead of just maybe a marketing department or somebody within a brand. But I think it goes to show you that you can only do so much on the front end if you can't live up to it in the actual experience. Right, which is why the you know publicity marketing they have to know what the product does and what it's capable of. They've got to really understand the value proposition. I mean, you're always going to miscommunicate to somebody, mm-hmm. but you should at least be trying to get the core of what that product is and centering the message around th- that value instead of some something you think will sell right. but is eventually going to lead to disappointment. Right. Right. So it's the the whole thing about setting expectations. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm so glad we have Shanali here because she is a marketing and PR maven and she is very uh, good at this topic. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Shanali Burke. Shanali was named to PR Week's inaugural top 40 under 40 list of U.S.-based PR professionals and is considered one of 25 women that rock social media. (laughs) As president and CEO of Shanali Burke Consulting, she uses measurable social PR to take your business communications from corporate codswallop to community cool. Shanali is a foodie who loves shoes. She defies you to dislike Elvis, ABBA, or cricket. (laughs) Welcome, Shanali. Hey, Jeannie. Hey, Adam. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks for being here. So we are fascinated by this intersection between kind of PR and customer experience. And one of the things that we talk about is how customer service is often the cause of publicity, either because it is horrific or amazing. (laughs) It's one of the two. So when a terrible customer service story results in bad publicity, what steps should a company take? I think, first of all, you have to act quickly. You have to acknowledge the problem. And I think a lot of companies get into a state of denial. No, no, we need to investigate this. We need to see what's actually going on. Of course, you have to investigate it. But first, you have to acknowledge it because social is the name of the game. And literally everyone is potentially a reporter in, you know, in the broader sense. Mm-hmm. Um, a story gets out there before you can say Jack Robinson. (laughs) And so I think immediately, as soon as possible, first of all, the company has to say, this happened. We are so sorry. We're going to find out what happened and let you know as soon Mm -hmm. as we can. And then basically they have to do that. You know, before social media, you could say, okay, maybe we have a window of a few hours or 24 hours to do this. But you you don't really even have that luxury with social anymore because mm-hmm. the story gets out before you have any control over it. So you have to address it as quickly as you can. Right. And saying sorry seems so obvious, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. And, you know, I wonder if this is where they they start to get frightened of the potential ramifications Mm -hmm. because the lawyers and legal counsel is saying, well, you know, acknowledgement is a first step to a lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) And certainly when I, whenever I've been in that situation where something happened or didn't happen or it allegedly happened or we didn't know, 
our first instinct as the PR department or the PR executives was to say, we have to say sorry. We have to make people feel heard. And while we're doing that, we can figure out what's going on. But legal would invariably say, well, no, if you're saying sorry, then you are essentially, uh, you know, allowing culpability, which is, you know, maybe from a legal perspective, but I think they need to back off a bit and, I agree. <laughs> and, and just kind of be human. I will say, though, I do think the legal profession in general is making a lot of strides in that regard. But there's a terrific blog, Lawyerist, I think it's Lawyerist, um, and they write a lot about the legalities of social media or, you know, how does how do lawyers do a better job of grappling with social media? And it's really, really well written. So I think um, initiatives like that are really helping to move legal professionals forward so that they understand that social and, and communication is really about people. Right. Well, and there are studies that have come out, actually, that say that if a customer is given uh, a reward or a recovery of some sort, some sort of here we screwed up, here's a refund, their satisfaction actually goes up if somebody says, I'm sorry. If somebody says that, you know, we screwed up, we hope this never happens again. Just feeling heard, like you mentioned, that can actually increase loyalty, that can increase uh, how they refer to your company, they, it can increase the positive feelings that they have just by by acknowledging it and and helping somebody feel hurt. So I think that's a great point that you make. And if you want more information on that, we'll we'll put that in the show notes. So feel free to check there for more information on that study. No, absolutely. And one of the things, you know, I don't think a lot of times the uh, lawyers are differentiating between the situations that have real liability ramifications where they may it may behoove them to be more careful and just saying be quiet all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, which so I think that's a. Uh, you got to keep up with social and what's developing, but the law is very slow moving. But let's turn this to a positive. So what happens to organizations? You know, they get these great customer service stories, you know, and they go so they go viral. They're on social and, but it may be a one off situation. It's not something that can scale. You know, how can organizations sort of take that lift from a PR perspective and use it to their advantage? Well, I think Adam, they have to do exactly what you said, which is, give it a lift and use it to their advantage as long as the customer has given permission. So I think the very first thing that they should be thinking of is, A, how are we listening to what our customers are saying about us, positive and negative, because the negative can have very positive results as well, right? You find out all sorts of things, perceptions that you may not have been aware of, that if you're smart can really help improve your products or services or your sales cycle or any any factor that is important in the functioning of your business. And I think the second thing that should be happening is what I call social PR and what I love to implement for clients or teach people how to do, which is really through this process of listening, build up a team of evangelists or champions who you motivate about your product or service or company to the extent that they feel so engaged that they want to take your story out there and they really become the self-propelling mechanism. And then third, you have to have mechanisms in place that allows you to use the great word of mouth you start to generate either on your own, through your champions, or that you hear about when a customer may be Uh, you know, calls in or emails or tweets you and says, hey, I had this great experience. That's not necessarily something you have anticipated, but you should be able to seize on it. Um, You know, both of you know that that my husband and I are dog crazy. And and all three of them have been 
customers <laughs> of a, an emergency veterinary clinic here, which is a nationwide chain. The point is that when we first started going there, they asked if we would give permission for them to share any success stories on their website or in marketing materials. And if they did select such a story to serve for their publicity purposes, they would make sure to run it by us prior. That's exactly what companies should be doing. Get mm-hmm. the permission in writing. Get it ahead of time. I agree. And actually, this is funny because just recently, I started gathering formal feedback from my clients. Yeah, the the person who tells all of her clients to get feedback all the time from customers. <laughs> <laughs> I had not quite done that. And I actually had one of my clients call me and say, she laughed out loud because I said, isn't it ironic that I've never asked you for this? And I was amazed because just asking for permission, you know, can we use what you say in marketing materials to a one so far, they've all said, great, yes. And I'm thinking, why didn't I do this years ago? And I don't have a really good answer. (laughs) So one of the things that we've been observing lately are all these kind of customer service publicity stunts. And I'm thinking now about TD Bank's ATM that spit out presents at holiday time or WestJet buying a flight full of passengers presents. And then they, you know, the videos kind of go viral and people share them and they love them. What's your take on that? What do you think of this trend? Do you think it's worthwhile or, or what can we all take from that? I do remember thinking what a cool video that was, especially the WestJet one. Mm -hmm. They're not new, you know, they're publicity stunts and PT Barnum going back to the early 20th century, was creating publicity stunts, and which is why publicity is so synonymous with public relations. Mm-hmm. So they're not new. They're simply using new media and newer technologies to engage in and distribute those stunts. And I think good stunts, well executed, um, can certainly give a brand or company a lift. After the WestJet video, for example, I remember there was a lot of good buzz about them. There were a lot of great comments on their videos, on their blog posts, etc. But the question is, what did that translate to? And from what I saw and heard and read was that it got a lot of quote-unquote buzz. But how does that translate into more engaged customers, prospects who are more likely to fly your airline, people who are more likely to recommend WestJet over a competing airline, for example. And and so I would think that if a company puts that much time and effort and money into creating and pulling off a stunt like that, I think far too often publicity stunts are treated as standalones and they're really not. They should be part of a larger strategy. So even if that stunt didn't necessarily result in a huge bump in, you know, a rush of inquiries to WestJet's site looking up specific routes or whatever, um, I would have, I would hope that they had some other plan for what to do with this, with this bump. And frankly, I don't know, because I couldn't really find anything that, that uh, told me whether they did or not. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe, you know, the answer to that. What I did hear about later on, about a year later, um, was that they started to charge for checked bags. And I think they, you know, issued the first, the first bag was 25 bucks. Um, and people weren't happy about that. Mm-hmm. So you've got to think of, well, okay, is this just normal customer outrage? Would it have been any lower had they not engaged in stunts or other mechanisms to keep um, customers engaged and happy? You know, what else is going on? So long story short, I think publicity stunts can work very well. But 
outside of the immediate short-term lift that you get from them, what is the point in the long term? That mm-hmm. is really the question everybody should be asking. And even if you can't answer it immediately, that doesn't mean you don't do it, but it should hopefully spark further questions to say, hey, what are we doing? What? How are we really going to get people engaged over the long haul with our brand? Right. Well, that ties in great with the next question because it seems like it needs to reinforce you know, the brand promise or what the brand actually stands for. I don't know much about WestJet. I know TD Bank really has good customer service. And obviously, you know, an ATM spitting out presents is not customer service. It's just sort of a metaphor and, and obviously a publicity stunt. Right. But, you know, back you know, on your wonderful blog, Waxing Unlyrical, you let me uh, do a guest post a few years back. It was all about how PR should take into account customer expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sort of, I think, what you were getting at in that last answer. So what can PR professionals do to make sure that the customer's eventual journey is sort of kept in mind when crafting public relations initiatives? One of the things I stress when working on a strategic initiative or planning session with a client or in a workshop um, or even in a speaking engagement is that we have to always be asking the question, what's in it for the customer? What is in it for the end audience? Why should they do anything? You know, if it's media relations, why should the media run this particular story or answer this particular pitch? If it's on social, what do those users on the end or on the other end of the computer screen have going for them that they should act on on our initiative as opposed to something else? So I think starting with a, um, you know, with an approach of what, why should anyone do this? What, how will this make them feel good as opposed to me checking off a box? That is a really, really important question that I think every business unit has to be asking and answering. But what starts to happen, I think, with PR is that PR tends to get put in a box. And the PR function in an organization is not necessarily always meshing with customer service or with HR or legal or marketing. You know, too often they are being told what to do and they're being told what to do too late. So I really think it would behoove companies as well as the PR executives within an organization to really put their foot down and say, bring us in earlier on in the process. Don't tell us to go and do PR around the launch. Tell us why you are doing this. How does this help to support the business so that we can try and figure out what is in this for the customer so that we can shape your story and tell your story appropriately. So you have to think about what's in it for the customer. I do. I think so, don't you? It's so important. Yes. It's, and it's, again, it's one of those things that you think after all these years in business, we, we might get it right, but we still have a long way to go. So I'm glad to have you out there, you know, talking to these companies about it. Well, and, and the, and the other thing about that, Jeannie, is that it, it actually astounds me because this is not, a market where there is limited supply. The customer is really at an advantage and, and, and if businesses don't really make the case through smart PR, through what I call social PR, through really, really smart content and make that core to PR and marketing through community building, through customer engagement, through excellent customer service, through motivating their employees to become brand evangelists, then why should anyone pay attention? Well, I think you are ringing the gong for us. I love it. (laughs) And this was great. Thank you so much for joining us, Chanel. You have so much knowledge to bring. We really appreciate it. 
And how can folks find you on the internet? At shanaliburke.com. That's where my website. I'm also on Twitter as simply at shanali, S-H-O-N-A-L-I. And those two are good places to get started. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank my you, pleasure. Shanali. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Jeannie, guess what time it is? At the tone, it will be time for a customer hero, customer zero. Jeannie, let me just ask you straight up. Are you a fan of The Walking Dead? You know, this might surprise you, but I've never seen an episode. Okay, so you live <laughs> on an island with like three other people now. I'm just not into the zombie thing, I think. You know, she, Renee's not into it either. So I get it. Uh, you know, she always talks about hissing zombies because she can like hear the TV <laughs> downstairs and they're like, you know, making all these sounds. But here's what's really cool. From a customer experience perspective, AMC is just killing it with everything they're doing around this TV show. It is amazing. And I know you were a Mad Men fan, so you've That's seen right. some of what they do already. Mm-hmm. They do so, an exceptional job. I mean, you talk about you know small screen, omni-channel, multi-screen. They are doing it all. So first thing, the website's just amazing. Like rich website, and it's all the stuff you'd expect. You know, the character bios, the you know behind the scenes, all the pictures. But they've got this cool app called a Story Sync, hmm. and you literally sit there on your iPad, whatever, and you interact with the show while it's going on. Oh. So every time they produce a show, they're literally producing this interactive experience to go along with it. So tell me about that. Is it incorporating like tweets and things like that? Or is it separate and standalone kind of a community driven thing for the fans? Well, you know, they basically, and I have to say, I'm a fan of the show, but you know, I sort of sometimes work while I'm watching it. So I'm not always doing the story (laughs) sync. I might not personally be that interactive, Mm -hmm. but it's cool. I checked it out. And yeah, you're interacting, you're doing tweets. Um, I think you're like, they do polls, you know, Mm -hmm. is is Rick going to kill the zombie with a gun or a knife (laughs) or whatever, right? Can you ever so, really kill a zombie? That's my question. Oh, absolutely. It's all about the headshot. Okay. Well, good to know in case the zombie, a cop, uh, zombie apocalypse. apocalypse is with us. I can't even say it. It scares me so bad. Three times fast. <laughs> no, absolutely. You got to go straight through the cranium. It's all about the headshot. Seriously. See, uh, useful now, information for our listeners. <laughs> don't worry. The one thing that uh, the Walking Dead will teach you is that if there ever is a zombie apocalypse, there will be unlimited ammunition. <laughs> They never run out. It's amazing. But anyway, so what they're doing, so they have an entire – this show so popular. Mm-hmm. They have an entire show after the show dedicated to talking about the show. And it's called The Talking Dead, and it's got uh, the Nerdist host, Chris Hardwick, mm-hmm. and he's great. And they use all these interactive features, stuff I know you love, like – you know, they show the best tweets on the screen mm-hmm. that were happening during the episode. You know, they sort of meld it with the uh, story sync. They also show like they do polls. You know, who's gonna, who's the, uh, who would survive the best? Who mm-hmm. has the best mullet? Whatever. <laughs> they do a thing called Play Dead, where you actually people will, like the fans will get into makeup and see who makes themselves like the best zombie, and they'll show the best zombie. Well, I think this is a great example of really thinking through experience, and not only from the customer or the fan perspective, but. Think about their goals. AMC wants people to watch the show when it's on. And that's really difficult to do in today's environment because everybody's streaming things and putting things on the DVR. And if you give somebody a reason to watch it at the time it happens, that's when some real magic can happen. I mean, I make sure I I don't do this every week because I do DVR a lot, but 
I know that if I don't watch Scandal when it's on, <laughs> I'm going to hear about the best plot lines in social media. And that bugs me. And so I try to make sure to watch it really close to when it's on for that very reason. So I think that there, AMC is really thinking through how can we make this a really rich experience at the time, which serves them because then they can sell advertising in a better way and all of those things. Well, that's a great point because that's probably other than the fact that I'm usually working while I'm watching. The other reason is I usually DVR it. I right. must be honest. Right. You know, so that's a really great point. The people that are really that into it mm-hmm. are actually there, you know, getting the advertising and they have advertising on the sink, but sure. it's very, you know, it's subtle. It doesn't interrupt the experience. And I will say to you, if you're watching Scandal, you really should move over to The Walking Dead because it's literally more realistic. <laughs> It's about zombies know, and it's more realistic than Scandal. I know, but she wears the best clothes. I, I mean, I watch it half just because her outfits are spectacular. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, I think, I, think uh, <laughs> I bet white white wool coat, trench coats, like I'm sure the sales went up because she just looks so fabulous. <laughs> Every woman was well, like, I want to look like her. <laughs> well, they didn't go up in Florida here around that. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, you know what? One day I'm going to convert you to being a Walking Dead fan, but I know you are now a fan of AMC and all they're doing with customer experience. Yes, for sure. So thanks for listening to episode 21 of Crack the Customer Code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can find out more about me at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Deport. My website is customersthatstick.com. Find more episodes and all the show notes at crackthecustomercode.com. And please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you'll never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, we'd love your comments in a review. Let us know what you like, what we could improve on, or who you'd like us to invite as a guest. And please tell somebody you know about the show. We love it when people talk behind our backs. (laughs) All right. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.